now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands If we're 
Good morning, good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy Monday. We are here for it. Let me just see who's here with me is the better question. Of course, I'm here and we have Marshall. He's always the first one at the barn. He must get up early. He must be like up at five o'clock getting stuff done. Getting those notifications on Facebook when we go live so that he is ready, 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 ready. Good stuff, folks. Good morning. How are you? I had to reset my phone last night. Ugh, what a pain when you have to do stuff like this because then every single app that you go into, it's like, give us permission to do this. Can we access photos? Can we access? It's like, yes, have access to everything. Why not? Apple, <laughs> take over my life, take it all. Morna is here, the ever beautiful Miss Morna. We got lots to talk about this morning. We're going to recap the weekend. What happened over the weekend? Somebody just messaged me asking about a fatality um, that I know nothing about. So have you guys heard about anything? Did this like just happen? I'm keeping an eye on my messages here, but I'm not aware of anything. I haven't heard a word. Don't know. So I will continue to monitor my messages because if something happened, I suppose it's only a matter of time before we know, but I don't see anything on the police blotter about anything. So I don't know. Good morning, Irvlin. Larry says it's 49 degrees in Bronx, New York. A little bit chilly. Olivia, good morning to you. The beautiful Miss Bonnie is here from East End. Felicia Rankin is here. She's a Rankin with no E on the end. You know, there's certain names in Cayman that we have that are traditional Cayman names, but for some reason, they're spelt a little bit differently than others. So there's some Rankins with an E and some without an E, just like there's some Hurlstons with an E and some without the E. So, yeah, interesting, right? I'm trying to sort out my camera here. It looks a little bit lopsided. Um, I gotta tell you, I think I need a new rig for um, first of all, I should probably start using the other camera. You know, during the election, some of you actually noticed that sometimes I do use a slightly different camera and it blurs the background, whereas this one doesn't really do that. So it's a little bit of a stylistic difference that you might notice. And uh, yeah, I might start using that one more. The problem with using that one more is I actually use it a lot for my still photography. So what I find is um, 
you know, sometimes it's a little bit challenging to keep taking it down and putting it up and, uh, cause I have to ex exchange lenses and take the body down and, but we'll see. Maybe I need to start having a look at that. Anyway, there we go. Let me, let me adjust it ever so slightly. There we go. See, it's like totally, I feel like somebody's been in my studio. Look at this now. Messing with my stuff and the camera's just going to fall down. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. These are the, these are the little things that I've got to deal with. Hold on. Let me just see if I can get it steady. I don't know who's been uh, messing with the rig here, but it's definitely not, it's not playing nice today. And then me and my bad shoulder, I'm going to be tightening this thing. And it's like, uh, eh. is it going to stay? Is it going to actually stay up now? I'm not sure. Um, hmm. Let's try it again. Good morning, Punctus James joining us from Canada. There we go. I'm, I'm afraid to like touch it, but I do need to adjust it ever so slightly. There. Don't move. Don't fall over. James. Odette. Um, you know what a lot of you don't know, I feel like, is that most days I'm actually standing up. If you look at me closely, you can actually tell because of where my head like reaches the door and whatever in the background that I actually am standing up. But a lot of people don't know that. The other day, somebody was saying something to me over the weekend uh, about the camera and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but you do realize I'm standing, right? And they're like, oh, you are? I said, yes, that's why you see the top of the chair is actually right here. And if I were to sit down, I would go, I'd be able to like see the top of my head. So yes, most days I stand up. And I do that because I feel like I just got out of bed. Um, not just, but you know, six o'clock this morning, I got out of bed kind of thing. And I've been lying down all night. So probably the worst thing in the world to do is sit down. The worst thing for my health. Good morning, Louie from Detroit, 41, where he's at. He says, I'm here for CMRT time. Good morning to Barbara and Mitzi. Mitzi, did I see somewhere online that you're in quarantine? Did you travel or something? So um, it was a really interesting weekend. We've got a lot to talk about. Irvlin says, hope all your mom's day. Oh, yes. How many of you um, celebrated Mother's Day? Hopefully you had a wonderful Mother's Day. Of course, I celebrated it uh, as well. Had dinner um, last night at one of my favorite restaurants. And I uh, had a nice lobster dinner. Oh, my gosh. It was so delicious. Absolutely delicious. And, of course, dad and a friend was there and little Gigi was there. And, you know, when you have a little one, it's really interesting you're trying to teach them like little things when they go out, table manners and all this sort of stuff. And so she doesn't like to really sit down. She likes to be up and about. And then she like wants to sit in my lap. And that means I can't eat very well. So encouraging her to sit in her own chair is very um, interesting. Good morning, Mr. Hero Blair. God bless you. Thank you so much, Miss Sue, for joining in. So I hope that all of you had a fantastic Mother's Day. I had a good one. 
Um, in fact, most of the day I spent working. I know that sounds crazy and it is a little bit crazy, but I was actually looking forward to like getting stuff off of my list. I know this is so crazy, but trust me. I was just like, listen, I've got too much stuff to do, you know? And I feel like a day that I'm supposed to get to myself would be a day where I can do whatever I wanted to. I wanted to cross some stuff off my list. I wanted to do some work. I got some stuff done, but not as much as I would have really um, liked to. Good morning, Ms. Nancy. Good morning, Mirror Star. So good to see you. Saw you over the weekend at the party. Going to talk about that here in a second. So, um, yeah, didn't get to, to work as much as I wanted to. I probably should have been just taking a nap all day, but hey. Um, you don't always get those luxuries when you are um, basically a, you know, business one. You got to get stuff done. You got people relying on you to do things. Good morning, Diana and Richie Rich. What is going on? Michelle LeMay. It's actually my, it's, do you pronounce it Michael or my, Michael, Mich Michelle? I feel like they're talking about name spellings of names. This one doesn't have the typical A, but I still feel like we still pronounce it the exact same way. Yes, we all, I think, had a very good Mother's Day. Good morning, Marva. Happy Monday, Siobhan, Leanne, Alex, hola. Como estas? Uh, big shout out to Spanglish Restaurant, by the way. I went there for lunch on, I think it was Thursday, and had a beautiful meal. I'm going to post some pictures later. Give them a big shout out. Check them out. They're in the Strand. They have um, a good cuisine of Spanish, Latin food. And then I think they do some local dishes and stuff as well. So some days they'll have like oxtail and whatever else. So in case you guys haven't noticed, the hair has been a little bit crazy recently in the sense that I got a haircut that I don't, it wasn't really meant to be a haircut. It was just because, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the whole natural thing. So I think she was trying to trim the ends and we did a little bit too much trimming. And so as a result of that, there's not very much I can do with it. Like, I feel like I should really just chop it all off into style. But then for me, that's probably going to be the worst thing ever. Because I'm not one of those people, short hair requires work. And everybody's like, oh, short hair is easy. Well, it requires more work than I'm willing to put in. Like, you know, you've got to do curling the little bits that are left and all this kind of stuff. That's why I hate short hair. I got to be honest with you. I actually hate my hair right now because it is shorter than normal. And I love to be able to just pull my hair back in a ponytail. To me, there's no other... E easier hairstyle in the world than a ponytail. And so you slick it back and you pull it back and you're good to go. And right now I don't really have that degree of freedom. Plus we're doing the whole natural thing. You know, it's a little bit like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it these days. So I'll let you guys know what happens with that here in a minute. Because I feel like to really have it look good, even right now at the length that it's at, I have to live in the salon. And you guys know me. I ain't got no time to be living in no salon. So it's a little bit of a pain. Um, but big shout out to Miss Pat. Miss Pat gave me a nice little style the other day. She had me looking good, but you know that lasts like for the day. 
Um, I'm hopeless. I, I'm hopeless. Like someone should have at some point taught me how to, like they should have been like, girl, here's a curling iron and we're going to introduce you to how to do it yourself. Because now I'm like, at my age, if I use a curling iron, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be showing up here with like burn marks all over my arm. Um, Anne-Marie, Karen, Miss Sue says, yes, short hair takes work. Miss Sue has beautiful short hair. And I feel like you either have to have the right type of hair, but still it requires work. Right, Miss Sue? Vernita says, good morning. Be kind to each other. Have a blessed day. Richie is checking in on Crosstalk and he is, he says they have five viewers. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about Crosstalk because they were in the news. Um, is a new host on Richie? Because they do have a new host on their program. And of course, we're the only one who keeps up with this sort of news. So we did tell you guys that um, we had heard through the grapevine. I feel like breakout song right now. Heard it through the grapevine that there were some uh, changes coming to crosstalk after four months on the job. Barry Sue was being given the axe, and really, it's because of the lackluster performance, not lackluster. That's not even the right word. The dismal performance really of what has been happening over there. And I don't think it's in some ways it's actually not Barry's fault, but you know, in some ways it is a little bit um, because I think the topics that she's choosing people just find are a big snooze fest. But um, now we had heard that as of May the 1st, somebody else was supposed to be starting. It took him a week later to get that done. However, we also heard that the person taking over the seat was going to be a politician. Now, as it turns out, it is Shanda Glidden. Now, Shanda is an attorney at law. So she has legal training. And she is also now a life coach. I'm going to show you what she looks like in case you haven't seen her. So she had all this beautiful hair. And now I think her hair is a little bit shorter than that. And I believe she's wearing it curly. So they made this grand announcement on Friday, which was of no surprise to any of us if you listen to our program, that... Um, Oh, Jamelia says, just cut it off. Oh, Jamelia, we need to talk, girl. I need to see some pictures. And more importantly, I think when you cut it off, you got to be going to people who really understand short hair. <laughs> so maybe we need to talk about that. But this is Shanda now. So she's got shorter hair that's nice and curly. See, I love her curls. And um, she is a life coach, apparently, amongst other things. She also does some sort of uh, business, but I don't, I don't know what the other business is. I think she said she's recently started something, but I believe her primary business is being a life coach. So, um, yes, good luck to Shanda Glidden. Um, I think her father, they call him Chalo. He was on Cayman 27 for many, many years. Was he the weatherman on Cayman 27? 
So Morna says, yes, she's got five people on board. Um, somebody else said, why don't they bring Woody back? Well, the truth of the matter is Woody has moved on. Remember last week or the week before you guys were saying, hey, reach out to Woody, see if he wants to come on your show and whatever. And I did reach out to him. And basically Woody said, I'm too busy. He's like, I got stuff going on. Forget you talk show people right now. So, hey, they just went up to seven people. So maybe we just got them two more viewers because somebody's feeling sorry for them. Um, so good luck to, to Shanda. Uh, I wish her all the best. Thank you, Jamelia. Um, yes, Sabrina. I mean, we do wish her the best. I feel like a lot of people don't particularly care for the compass. And unfortunately, they're sending a message through, and, and it isn't about the, the host at this point. It's now about, you know what? The compass did wrong by Woody. Um, the compass, people don't even want um, people to, it's, it's so weird how people think about these things. But people did not even want the compass to own K-Man Crosstalk, which is maybe something they should have thought about before acquiring Hurley's Media. And I don't know. I honestly don't know how big of a deal it is for um, Hurley's Media to have Crosstalk. Like, I don't know what kind of revenue it brings in. I don't know any of their business, to be honest, in terms of that part of it. But um, I do know that people have just like said, no, even Curtis, where's Curtis? Is he listening this morning in the brack? It seems like Curtis would rather watch paint dry on the wall than listen to Kim and Crosstalk now because he's just that passionate about never supporting them again. So we do wish her the best. And um, they did say also that they might be, and we were the only person who carried this story, by the way, it's kind of weird that, even the compass doesn't really do a proper announcement <laughs> that they have a new host. Like how much do they really care about cream and crosstalk? I wonder, um, obviously, Oh, it's going to be a rainy day today, folks. Obviously they knew in advance that, you know, this was coming, but they haven't announced it. They haven't said anything. Um, so Lennon Christian, good morning to Mr. Lennon reminds us that Chalo was the famous radio um, he was the famous radio K-Man and TV anchor, not weather. It was John that did the weather. Yes, I remember Chalo a little bit, Mr. Glidden, on air, but not really. Um, Miss Sue says, yes, that is her papa, her daddy, as K-Manians would say. So maybe a little bit of that has rubbed off on her. We'll see how it goes. Good morning, Miss Marva. <laughs> Someone just messaged to say, do you really expect any better from the compost? Not the compass, the compost. Yes, we're going to be talking about Red Bay here in a second. Miss Daisy. Uh, Cameron is having some flashbacks with um, John and his Hawaiian shirts. Um, let me see. Oh, poor Carol says, I burned my forehead and ears using a curl in my hair. <laughs> you see, I'm not, I'm just not going there. I'm not doing it. Nope, 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 and nope. 
I think we may have discovered, I need to go see Dr. Sydney. Big shout out to Dr. Sydney. We need to check out why uh, I was blaming my hair loss woes. And I guess it's really not that bad, but I do see, you know, some thinning and, and like the top of my head, which you probably can't see that much. But um, my aunt, sometimes she's like a detective. You guys think I'm bad. She's like, you're losing your hair because you're under a lot of stress. And I'm like, mm, not really, you know, because I just don't take it on. She thinks that CMR is stressful. And I'm like, well, I guess running any business has its, you know, moments or whatever, but it's not as stressful as people think, because I think you've just got to have the right attitude. And so if I'm losing sleep at night, it's not because of anything on CMR, honestly, because <laughs> at some point you just got to say, you know what, you have to do what you do and you just don't give a damn. And I always think when people walk up to me, they're like, oh my God, I love your show. And I had a lady over the weekend at the vaccine clinic. She's like, I wasn't always on board, but girl, you did a bang up job with the election and we needed you. And now I see, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Thank you so much. And she's like, I don't know how you do it. Cause you know, there's so many negative people out there. And I'm just like, girl, you let the negative people get in your head and it's not even your platform. This is the difference. I don't let them in my headspace. And so I think when you are able to control those messages that you prioritize and that you give attention to, that doesn't cause you any stress. So anyway, my aunt kept digging into why I might be losing some of my hair because I think my hair has always been my thing, <laughs> right? People are always like, oh, you've always had such beautiful hair. And... Um, so she started digging and she's like, what medication are you taking? I said, actually, um, I do take, and remember how I was telling you guys the other day that I think it's the baby. It's like pregnancy and hormonal changes and whatever. Why it's probably happened because it happened. I started noticing a difference right around that time. But also right around that time, I um, the one thing that did stress me out was my pregnancy and my blood pressure had gone up after I had the baby. And so I had to get put on a small dosage. I think it's relatively small of uh, amlodipine. And so my aunt starts Googling because trust me, she can, she's in her seventies, but she loves her Google and she loves her computer. And she started Googling stuff and she was like, well, I think that's what it is. And I thought, Hmm, I hadn't really thought about it. But the timing would also make a lot of sense. And so, yes, she started digging into it. And next thing you know, she has come up with a theory that it could actually be that particular medication. And I think she might actually have a point. So I'm going to talk to uh, Dr. Sydney and see if we can come up with a solution. But I kind of feel like... What, what is the solution really? You're going to take some other medication that's going to make something else happen. Um, I'm not really aware of any other side effects of this. So I think maybe someone just sent me a thing about some shampoo recommendations and so on. So I think maybe the solution is to try to boost uh, my supplements or something of that sort. But I'm probably not going to be too minded to to change 
any medications. Like, I feel like there's always something. You take a tablet, it's going to impact something else, right? Uh, right now, I'm on painkillers. So I'm taking this one called, oh, I don't even know. Something begins with an A. All I know is I have to take it for 10 days now to try to get this whole arm situation under control. And also, I'm supposed to be, um, I am supposed to be doing some physio and I have to eat it with food. That's all I know right now. So, you know, I said to the doctor, because he said, you know, I gave you this medication before. Were you taking it? And I said, well, I take it when I absolutely have to. So in other words, I'm really in a lot of pain. And um, he said, hmm, clearly that isn't working for you. So he said, right, I want you to take it kind of like how you would a course of antibiotics consistently for a period of time. So I said, okay, no problem. And so um, I'm going to take it now for 10 days, yeah? So we'll see. Eh, I'll keep you guys updated. But it definitely wasn't the stress. And, um, you know, it, she could be onto something in terms of it actually being the medication, but we'll see. Um, someone said wheatgrass makes your hair rapidly grow if you think, if you drink it every day. Why does that not sound very appetizing? <laughs> All right, we're gonna... We're going to have to check that one out. Uh, I'll let you guys know how that goes. But um, mm, yes, that sounds interesting. Wheatgrass. Is that something I have to go in the bushes for? Like, do I literally have to pull that out? Arcoxia. Yes. You medical people are on it. That's exactly what I'm taking. What Now tell me. I need to Google, do I need to Google Arcoxia? Like what's going to fall off next? Is something else going to fall off in the next couple days? I only have to do it for 10 days and then I'm hoping. Um, so you guys remember last week, Thursday, I think it was, I got some steroid shots, one in the shoulder and one in the elbow. And so as a result of that, I was going to get my vaccine over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I won't be doing that right now. I think I should wait. They've been, they told me to wait at least a week. So I'm going to get in there next week. And we're going to be doing some vaccine stuff, folks, because I feel like some of you really need to get on board and you need to get vaccinated. We're not going to talk about it right now, but we're going to have a lot of conversations about vaccines and Q&As and um, trivia question about vaccines and all sorts of fun stuff. Mr. Louie says each of us needs to see the beauty that's within. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful that... Uh, Make it not needed acceptance. Yes. But everybody looks at the outward appearance, Louie. Everybody tells you. People tell you. It's what's inside that counts. And yes, that is true. But most people are not going to give you the time of day. Uh, Cameron, ironically, I just saw your vaccine message. I haven't yet. And I wanted to this past weekend. But because of the steroid shot, I'm going to have to wait a little bit. But yeah, everybody tells you it's what's inside that counts. And most certainly it does. But who doesn't look at the outside package? That's why Chef Remy always says you eat with your eyes first. Because we are, you know, um, visual creatures. We like things that are aesthetically pleasing. 
Good morning to the beautiful Charm. Speaking of things that are aesthetically pleasing. Um, Charm always looks on point. She's always, ooh, Charm. Always made up good. Always looking good. Her and her husband. I'm just like, the two of them are like complete eye candy. When you see them, they're like a little cannon in Barbie doll. They always look so perfect, right? So, um, yes, at the end of the day, the outside package matters. And for me, it's not really even about, because you guys know I'm not doing anything with my hair. I just like to pull it back. But it's really just about that if your hair isn't um, as thick and luscious as it was, you kind of begin to wonder, well, there's, there's probably a reason for that. And so you want to, you know, be mindful of any sort of health issues that could be causing that. So Louis, he loves him some CDB oil. He said, that's the lick. Side effect is your body feels good naturally. Um, Sue says there's a supplement. I feel like there's probably more than one supp supplement for it. And maybe that's what I could be doing. Sabrina's asking about alternatives. Well, that's why I need to speak to the doctor. Uh, definitely about what alternatives are available. But I feel like I'm on amlodipine because it's probably the least worrisome of blood pressure meds. Because, you know, some of them, child, they're like causing cancers and they're doing this. And I'm like, ah. and we all know the lifestyle changes that we need to make. And, uh, oh, Lord, arcoxia is short-term use. So do I really want to Google it? You guys know what happens when you start. Oh, all right. All right. Let's do it. You know what happens when you start Googling stuff, right? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my leg hurts because it's going to fall off. <laughs> because now I'm taking something. Um, the doc is saying I need to maybe check my thyroid. I kind of feel like the other day when I went and did all that blood work at the HSA, they tested for everything under the sun. I'll get the results when I come and see you, good sir. But they tested everything and everything was good. Was there anything that the only thing I need to watch, and I've known this for years now, is my A1C number, which is the test that you do that three month. It monitors it, like your blood sugar level over a longer period of time. So it does it like over three months, whatever. That number was slightly elevated. And so every physician's like, Sandy, get ahead of this because this is kind of like your warning sign. That's why if I were smart, I would stop this show right now and go jump on the treadmill and walk for about half an hour. But we haven't gotten there yet. But I really, where's my personal trainer? I need a personal trainer. I need somebody to kick me in the butt and call me in the mornings and be like, girl, you've got five machines in your little homemade gym. Just get in there and use any one of the five. We are like the worst. Human beings, we know what we need to do. We know we need to eat right. We need to exercise. And Lord, oh, Louis says what it does to my eyes. Lord Jehovah. All right, let's see what Google, let's all get scared now. Okay, our coxie. What? It's not approved by the FDA for the U.S. market? Oh, Jesus. Why? Oh, oh my gosh. Increased risk of cardiovascular events, including heart attack and stroke. You see, now you guys are stressing me out. And questions on the benefit risk ratio in patients taking arcoxia. Huh? Say what? 
Okay, it's used for acute and chronic treatment of signs of arthritis and nah, 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 nah. management of what? Anch- ankylosing spondylitis. Don't know what that is. I don't have that. Chronic muscular musculoskeletal pain, relief of acute pain, which is what I'm dealing with. Acute gouty arthritis. I don't think I have that yet. Um. Your doctor will prescribe arcoxia for you only after you've used other meds for your condition that haven't been suitable. Well, I haven't really used anything else. And now you guys have me wondering. Mm. It says to use the lowest dose possible. Oh, my God. Should I really be taking this? (laughs) Oh, it's making me sweat. I'm like, hello. Now I'm stressed out. So it's not approved by the U.S., uh, by the FDA for the U.S. market. So why are we taking it? Where do we get medications from here anyway? So it says it it, um, relieves pain and inflammation with less risk of stomach ulcers compared to the other stuff. So those are the other painkillers, the NSAIDs, whatever they call them. However, taking aspirin with arcoxia may reverse the benefit. Mm-mm. What a hot mess. This is what I'm telling you. Every you take something, something else falls apart. Uh huh. Well, I'm gonna check the dosage that I'm taking, and I will certainly let you guys know. Um, but you know, speaking of arcoxia or any kind of pain meds, I should tell you that any pain med that you take. Wow, it says that, tell your doctor if you have um, high blood pressure, which of course, most days it's not high, but I do take something for that that we were just talking about. So maybe I shouldn't really be taking this arcoxia. Oh God, this list keeps getting more and more interesting. Lord. And you see, the, the weird thing is, like, I feel like doctors prescribe stuff and they never ask you any of these questions. It's like, these are the things that interfere with it. Warfarin, water pills, ACE in- inhibitors, lithium, birth control pills, hormone replacement therapy, method, whatever that word is, Trexate or something, a medicine used to suppress the hormone system. I didn't get asked any questions if I'm taking any of those things. No, sir. All right. This is why you, you know, thank God for Google. What did we, how were, how were any of us physicians and lawyers and experts before Google? Like, seriously, thank you. Um, so maybe I won't be taking too much of this after today. Cause I do kind of feel like when I take it, I definitely feel a little bit like I'm not a hundred percent, you know, like most days I actually feel really, really good. Like, except for this pain, which is, it is chronic. Uh, Most days I'm like, I don't have a complaint in the world really. But when I, since I've been taking this, like after I take it, I kind of feel more like drowsy than anything else. Like, I feel like, oh, I could just go sleep the rest of the day. 
but I haven't had any of these other symptoms that they're talking about, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, diarrhea, swelling of the legs, or ankle, dizziness, headache. Now that I'm reading this full list, um, it says the following has been reported. So drowsiness is on the, on the list. So yeah, I kind of feel a little bit drowsy. Confusion, hallucinations. OMG. Let me stop reading that. And says that doctors prescribe... Now, now I'm literally breaking out in a sweat here. So let me just dab my forehead. Um, you see how the brain works? Like all of a sudden I was fine. And then you guys got me reading this. And now I'm like, um, I'm feeling a little bit stressed <laughs> by the arcoxia. I tell you what, let me just have a look here and see. <laughs> Woo. Now, now the steroid shots help significantly with the pain. So do I really need to take Arcoxia for 10 days? Maybe I don't. <laughs> now I'm rethinking it. Okay, so um, Anne says that doctors prescribe drugs too much. Well, let me tell you what I think happens, Anne. We as people, and I was just saying this, we know what we need to do in terms of like, I was supposed to be doing physio. I should have been doing physio, but what was I doing? Chasing the campaign trail instead of going to physio. That's what happened. So I probably would have been feeling better by now. Um, except, you know, good morning, Cindy Lee. I just wasn't strengthening this like I should have been. So that's totally my fault. Um, Charm says, just go on YouTube, do some dancing and walk for a mile. You'll be fine. Yes. But the thing is, you've got to do those sorts of things consistently. But Charm, I agree. Aliana took the vaccine last Friday. Good for you. No major issues. Just ran a high body temperature, slept it off, woke up the next day well rested. Um, she says, don't Google it. You're going to start getting paranoid. Well, Charm, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Yes. I need some cold hard truth. I got it this morning. So Aliano, we're going to talk about, um, vaccines throughout the next couple of weeks. And like most things, uh, you can have a little bit of a side effect. And, um, so what you've described is probably quite normal. So my husband has done both courses now and on one day last week, I can't remember what day, maybe it was Friday, was his second dose. And um, on Saturday, he felt, Friday, he felt good. But I think he was really pushing it. You know, these people, I'm like, maybe you should just sleep and relax and, oh, no, 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 I'm going to do the most. Well, on Saturday, he's like, hmm. I'm kind of feeling a little bit feverish. Can you come and get the baby? I'm just like, you see, how do you listen to me? Now, I'm not taking my own advice, but I can give you good advice. Um, Sue, walking on the treadmill every morning for three miles. You get it, girl. I'm going to soon be there right with you. Um, Kathy says it's not meant for long usages. Apparently, no kind of pain med, I was going to say this, is really meant for long-term use. Because they all will give you a heart attack. Even like the little Tylenols and whatever over-the-counter stuff, there has definitely been proof that um, long-term usage of them 
I don't know exactly. You got to tell me, Dr. S, what it does to the heart. But it definitely, um, you know, not good for your heart, basically. So Charm says drink lots of pineapple juice and take some black seed oil orally. Black seed oil. Where do you get that from? Um, Louis, oh yes, the vaccine is approved. It's like emergency approval, given the short period of time that, you know, they took to bring it to market. So we'll go through all of that because I think there's some very good questions that we could be um, answering. Knee replacement surgery. Let me just talk about that for a second and then we're going to get into the stuff from um, Red Bay Primary. A couple of years ago, I went with um, a sister of mine, you know, I've got multiple sisters, to Miami and she was having knee replacement surgery. Well, she already had had it, but she needed to have it redone. Now, this particular this particular sister, I feel like she really loves herself a doctor. You know, most of us like, I ain't going to the doctor unless I absolutely um, have to. And, um, but she likes to go, child. She's always like, oh, feel well, I'm going to run to the doctor. I'm like, but still not doing what you need to be doing, not eating right, not exercising, need to stop smoking, all these kind of things, but we're not going to talk about that. So anyway, um, she was having issues with this knee and it looked like she needed to have the knee replacement surgery redone. And as with all things uh, in the world of medicine or the medical profession, sometimes it just, you have surgery and it just doesn't work. Worst case scenario, it kills you. Best case scenario, you're in a position to have it redone. So she uh, went to get a consult overseas. The physician's like, yeah, I think you're going to have to redo this. Speaking of, Carol says that someone, her friend went to Shetty and they prescribed a drug that's banned in the US, the UK, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. We could have a whole discussion about how those types of things are approved here. But I do know, is it banned in Canada? I noticed you didn't say Canada. But I do know a lot of um, pharmacies on island get their medications through Canada, for example, because they say it's cheaper. And then maybe Shetty is getting stuff directly from India, which when we talk about, we're going to talk about this situation in, um, uh, oh, God. The situation with the one, what's the, what's the little island nation called? That they're having a, a huge debate right now about why 60 plus percent of their population is, um, is vaccinated and somehow they still have managed to bring it in and they've had a re, another breakout, the Seychelles. So we're going to talk about that because it's really interesting when you dig a little bit deeper into what's happening there, including the types of vaccines that they are using. I think that's important in that discussion about what has happened here. Cause this is, their country is gonna be a case study. They have a population size a little bit bigger than came out about a hundred thousand people. And so I think it's, it's gonna be good for us to watch what has happened there in terms of vaccines and effectiveness and so on. But we need to look at all of the components of it. So, um, yes, Carol, sometimes people are getting drugs that are alternative drugs or whatever that are not necessarily approved and as rigorously approved as others. 
So, oh my gosh, I, I'm aware of that situation. I just see some messages coming in about something. Okay. So listen, um, what was I even telling you that that message is just, there's a bit of a disturbing situation going on with an elderly man that I was aware about since late on Friday. And so I'm going to talk about it in a second because I want you guys to know what's going on. All right, Miss Paula, she says last week, the doctor told her that our coxing helps to raise blood pressure. Everything has side effects. What really to do? Well, I guess, like I said, the things that we need to do um, include, you know, ensuring that we take care of our bodies. Like, I don't know how this happened. I think it's typing, like repetitive stuff. So I had inflammation in the shoulder and then the tennis elbow. I jokingly said to the doctor, well, I'm not playing tennis. But a lot, a lot of times that's caused by, you know, the way that we sit in proper posture, repetitively like typing on the phone or whatever. And then we're not stretching our bodies. We're not, you know, doing physio. We're not even getting a massage. There are things that we can definitely do. Oh, knee surgery. I was going to complete this story and then we'll talk about some really important stuff here. So listen, I was there with that orthopedic surgeon. He said, oh, yes. Um, I used to come to the Canons a lot before you guys got Shetty Hospital. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, like I was there all the time doing knee procedures, like the HSA would bring him in. And he's at a facility in Fort Lauderdale. And I said, oh, that's interesting. He's one of the top people and, you know, orthopedic surgeons. And he said, yeah, but now that you guys have Shetty, I don't get as many um, calls and it's cheaper for them to actually send people here because, you know, it's like the odd number of cases like, like your sister. Um, because her case obviously is a real issue. So when he um, was examining her knee, one of the things he said is I need to see the records of what parts that they use. And I'm thinking what parts they use. And he said, yeah, I need to see the actual manufacturer of the knee replacement and so on, because some of them we know are a problem. Some of them just don't work. And uh, they've been banned by the FDA or whatever. And so that could actually be why the knee surgery has failed. Because he said a short percentage fail, but then we got to look at why. Sometimes the body itself has rejected the knee replacement surgery because obviously it sees it as a foreign object. And so maybe that's what's going on here. Or did your sister not do the physio that she needed to do post-surgery? You know, and so I was sitting there looking at him and he said, you know, I love talking to physicians, by the way. He said, we have, he said, I, I'm not complaining because it keeps me in a job, but we have way too many people needing knee replacement surgeries at a very young age. He said, listen, a knee replacement and a hip replacement, this used to be an old person's problem. So in other words, you didn't need that until you were in your 70s and 80s and you were kind of like at the end of your life cycle in any event, right? Of course, it's more risk having it done in your 70s or 80s, but you had a good 30 years on top of the people now that are needing these uh, really invasive procedures. You had way more time to use your natural knee, your God-given knee. And I thought, really? And he said, yeah. And he said, you know what? The number one cause why I see so many people now, it's all lifestyle. And I said, huh. He said, yes. If people would lose weight and keep their weight under control, because 
the amount of um, pressure that you're putting on your knees and your feet that causes all of these issues takes a toll. And so now we're seeing people in their 40s coming in here for knee replacement surgery when normally I wouldn't have seen that person until they were in the 70s. They're less active. You know, they're putting so much strain and pressure on the knee. And he said, the best advice that I can give anybody to avoid knee replacement surgery or to at least delay it 30 years is to simply lose weight. And I looked at him and I said, well, sir, that all makes very logical sense to me. Just like everything else in life, weight loss is so important to your overall health. The bearings on your joints, the blood pressure, the heart rate increases, the increased risk of all types of cancer, weight has a lot to do with it, folks. And we know that comes down to 80% diet, 20% movement and exercise. It sounds so easy, but trust me, it's so hard. Especially when you're Caribbean people and you love you things like platin and all those good things. And I'll be the first to say that I love good food. I'm a foodie like nobody's business. Child, right now I'm sitting here craving. I was looking at my Facebook memories and look at what came up. Green turned mangoes. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. Uh, can somebody bring me some mangoes? Where's Miss Lisa Scott? Miss Lisa, I need to beg you some mangoes. She has the most beautiful local mango tree. Now listen, I have an East Indian tree in my yard and I don't touch it. I am not into no East Indian, no Nam Duck, no around the bush, whatever. I love me a Cayman mango. Just th these little common mangoes. I think, I don't know if they call these Cayman long mango or whatever, but I love these. You know, I love me a Cayman mango, but of course you know me now. i got to have a little bit of salt and pepper, a little seasoned salt and pepper and some vinegar and bam. Someone has just come forward about some lost keys. Yes, honey child. She says, morning, Sandy. You are a lifesaver. Those are my smiley face keys. I've been looking all weekend for them. I must have dropped them. Okay, so I'm on air, but give me a few. And I will tell you where to get your keys. Yes, child. We're always, um, we are always reuniting people with their stuff. So that's beautiful. Look what else showed up in my Facebook memories. Oh, my little Coco. Oh, she is so, she was such a sweet little doggy. I absolutely miss her so much. Last week, we had two neighbor's dogs, little Pomeranians, run inside of her house because, um, I don't, I don't know. They just ran off and sometimes little dogs do that. And so I just opened the door and they ran inside and my husband's like, why are there dogs jumping on me in the bathroom? And I was like, well, they just ran inside the house, two of them. And he said it brought back such memories for him because Coco used to like follow him everywhere and she would be jumping all over him too. He's a dog magnet. He's not a babe magnet. He's a dog magnet. But anyway, um, I promptly picked them back up once I could grab a hold of them because they were very like, uh, Coco was a small dog, but she wasn't that kind of kind of dog, you know? 
she kind of had a big dog attitude, although she was a smaller dog. Um, so I picked them up and I went outside. The neighbor was like all the way down the street looking for them. Like, where did they go? And I said, here you go. Your two puppies. Take them back. So um, Sean says, right, tennis elbow, do the things I said, physio, and move back to normal. No time. Thank you. Uh, Kathy has some experience with arcoxia. Um, she says, it's good for chronic pain, and it isn't habit forming. So every drug has potential side effects. Yes, because I don't do Percocet very well. And apparently, Percocet is one of those drugs that you can get very addicted to. So the people who go out of their way to make up an excuse to try to get Percocet because it is addictive as heck. And the one time it was prescribed to me, it made me so sick. Like I felt like I was on something. Like really, you know? So I'm not surprised. I can't remember what it was prescribed for, but Literally, I felt like the whole world was just spinning. I was like, what is this drug? Like, I couldn't. I was like, no, 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 no. I need to come off of this, like, right away. So I have that. Whenever they ask about drug allergies or anything, I do have that on my list. Um, X Factor Fitness came in, says uh, Etchard. Listen, Eckerd, you know what I wanted to do? You know, now we have health and fitness um, as a ministry. And I, health and wellness, my apologies. I'm glad that they have included wellness because I keep saying, and I said this to the premier, once we get past the COVID thing a little bit, I think we should kick off an island-wide wellness program, starting with our elected officials. And I will gladly join them and I will gladly help promote whatever they need because we all need to be 25 pounds or more lighter than we are. We all need strength training. We all need yoga. We need Tai Chi. We need mental wellness. Everybody's stressed out to the max. We all need to know how to namaste, you know, take a little minute to breathe, whatever. We all need to do those things. So I love the wellness component. That's one of the things when I saw they, well, they got the name right, health and wellness. Now let's get the program right. And I'm here for it. And I think all of you cooking healthy recipes. Like, hello, I love plantain, which by the way, Miss Iva says she has a lot of mangoes. Please WhatsApp me. Um, Cameron says, yes, salt, pepper, um, cider vinegar, and pick a pepper. Pick a pepper? Hmm. I've never added that to the concoction, but perhaps I need to. Um, yeah, there's some mango trees that are just so sweet, but you know. Mangoes have a lot, they're very starchy. So you gotta be very careful with mangoes. And I love me a mango. So that's a, that's a lot of carbs. You gotta be careful with carbs. And so I feel like I overdo it during this time of the year when it's mango season, but hey, um, you know, they won't be in season for long. So portion control. Oh, Louis bringing up cassava cake. I'm not a cassava cake person, but yes, Paula, consistency. Someone mentioned swimming. Child, I need to get into some swimming lessons so we can do a little bit better in that department as well. Walking, swimming, embrace our God, bless salt water, absolutely eating properly. Don't forget our natural Cayman bush tea. Thank you, Miss Paula. Corrine has mangoes. You can get the uh, local long mangoes. Mm. Once they're not ripe, I'm all about that life. 
Um, Charles, I was looking at the tree this weekend because somebody else was asking me, so I will definitely let you know. And this year is a good crop. Last year, not so much. But this year, she is loaded. Um, yes, girl, too many carbs. The rice, the bread, the potatoes, the pasta, we know. Not enough vegetables and uh, all the wrong kind of meats as well. Good morning, Donovan, joining us in New York. Ooh, Kathy's trees loaded too. Came man round mangoes. Oh, yes. Y'all making my, my palate just mm, on fire this morning thinking about it. So listen, I got a little bit of a disturbing call over the weekend. I want to be very cautious how I share this information because it's about an elderly man. So of course, I don't know if he has family. I don't know what the situation is exactly, but he was found in a deplorable situation over the weekend. Apparently he has cancer. And um, literally, he has been left by himself in a rundown house. I've seen photos and I've seen video footage. And I cannot believe that we live in a country that most of us can drive nice cars. We have a decent house. I don't say we necessarily own it because I know the bank owns most of your stuff. But, you know, we live a comfortable life. We got the latest iPhones. We got this and that and whatever. And here is a man who, in his senior years, and he's ill, I think he actually has cancer, is living, it just really upsets me, actually. And that's one of the reasons I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now, not just because it upsets me, but because... I need to make sure he gets the help that he needs before I really go into the details of this. But if I showed you guys the photos, his cancer, um, the first photo I saw, I thought, what is that? Literally his ear has fallen off. He is deformed because of this illness and there's no one ensuring that people like this in our community, and I hope there's not too many people like this, but one is one too many. When we live in a country as affluent, allegedly, even if it's debt affluent, as the Cayman Islands. The poor guy is, um, my understanding now is that they're going to put him in hospice care because that's where he should be. Now, here's the thing that I'm a little bit perplexed about. He is receiving daily meals from a nonprofit organization. I don't want to call them because I'm not trying to shame them, but I do have some questions. I'm going to reach out to their director today. To say, how can you be going by this man's house, providing him with daily meals and not see the living conditions that he's in? I mean, folks, I kid you not when I tell you it's disgusting. All right, I'm going to show you one photo. I don't want to show you the video. Because 
the video might actually, um, I need to have the video altered so that you don't know who he is. But I want to show you guys one photo because um, L. Ray says, I think Kenneth tried to help him in 2019, but he wasn't interested. Well, there comes a point in time when he might not be interested, but he needs help. So this is kind of tricky because it's like Miss Lovell. Everybody sees her dancing by the governor's house. And I think Lovell puts on a little bit extra to get our attention. And, you know, she makes sure to wear the shortest shorts possible when she goes out there dancing to give the governor a heart attack or a proper show. I'm not sure which one he's getting. But we all get the sense that Lovell needs professional help. Yes? But if Lovell doesn't want the help, how do we force her? Quincy right now is having some issues. Um, but again, if Quincy doesn't want the help, how do we force him? Can we force him? What are our options? So I know most medical professionals try to convince people that they need help. But look at this. Now you guys tell me. Morning, Tommy from the Bahamas. Should anyone in the Cayman Islands be living in this sort of situation? This is, this is horrible. That's his little bed there, which is basically a lawn chair. And look at the condition of his house. So I'm thinking if I'm going there every day to deliver this man a meal, and I see this. I mean, call me nosy, inquisitive, or whatever. But by the second visit, not even the second visit, because y'all know me by the first visit, I would have been like, sir, are you okay? Where's your family? Who, who are you? What's going on here? Why are you living in this sort of condition? I mean, like I said, his face has parts of it, including his ear, that are falling off. And I mean, literally falling off. This is not an exaggeration on my part. So there is an NPO who is going to this man every day to take him food. And no one is saying what is going on here. You see, at his age and his condition, I don't think you get to say, no, I don't want your help. I think it's time for someone to say, sir, you don't have a choice now. This is life or death. And I mean, even if you're going to pass away from your illness, can we at least allow you to die with some degree of dignity? Pain? My God. His ear is falling off. How does that even happen? Sure, Rainbow says it's true. I cry when I see him. You get to see him? Oh, my gosh. He does? He comes to your workplace. Folks, we cannot possibly live in any sort of a society where we claim that we're doing right by people when children are suffering, suffering, and when elderly people like this gentleman 
is living in these types of conditions. Maybe he doesn't realize the help that he needs. Oh, God. El Rey says there's a backstory here. Mm-mm. And, you know, this is why it's often important, really. Because people will refuse help. There are times when people need the help, but nothing worse than someone needing the help and not knowing that they need the help. And there's so many complex reasons why someone might actually turn down help. But that's just one photo. If I showed you the videos of the stuff that I couldn't even really watch it at the time the person sent it, I was like, what is that crawling on him? Or things are like bugs or something crawling on him. I'm like, what the heck is that? Wow. So Darlene says that the person's not interested. It does not matter. The person may be so depressed and lost all hope. The duty of the person that's willing to help should be to get or give the help to the person, no matter what the person thinks or says. Well, I do think that sometimes you have to make it compulsory for people to get help. And so I was thinking about this situation. I'm like, maybe this man just doesn't even know how bad his condition is. What are we going to do? Allow him to die in that cot and then a week or two later, he's only found because the neighbors, oh, there's a horrible smell in the neighborhood, the offices around, say. And then all of a sudden they go looking and, they find this decomposed body. I mean, is that going to be how this poor man gets to die? I don't think that that's right. Oh, wow. Mike, thank you. Because I don't know who he is, but Mike says he's actually squatting there. It's Dr. Grant's old house and his sons have it, but I think he sold it to a Muslim church. So obviously they're not using it for anything. So they just allow him to live in that sort of condition. Wow. Virtuous says, where are the churches? Not just the churches, but anybody. Like if you're delivering food every day to this man, then um, please report this to someone. So now it appears that he is going to be taken and put into hospice care. Um, I understand his entire face is deformed because of his illness. And so, um, wow. So he has cancer that's actually in his head. His left side ear is hanging off almost completely. His eye is swollen shut, and he has a huge abrasion on the right side. It's not a pretty picture. And like I said, I don't really want to show his face. But um, it's horrible. It really is horrible. That could be anybody. Uh, Charm said that could be your grandfather. Listen. That could be us. You know what I'm saying? That could be us one day, and that just isn't right. Um, someone has to intervene, and I'm glad that he was finally 
discovered because wow I, I I was like there's somebody in Cayman living like this I I think that there were some sort of insects I don't even know exactly what they were but they were crawling the video that I saw I was just like what on earth So I don't want us to bombard the location or the man because um, it seems now that he will be taken into hospice care, into good hands, and hopefully taken to the hospital first and given whatever medical attention he wants or he not wants, but what he needs. And that hopefully he can um, be given some form of just comfortable existence going into his final life. I mean, his life could have probably been extended significantly if he had gotten the help that he needed. So this is where, you know, you can't turn a blind eye on things. And I know everybody's like here on CMR, we're into everybody's business. And yes, we are. But when we see things going on, we need to speak up. Because when you don't speak up, you got principals allegedly committing exorcism on your children and scarring them for life. So we think he's getting the help now that he needs. I will get an update later on today. Um, one of his eyes can't even open. My God. It's horrible. All right. So Listen. I will update you guys um, hopefully tomorrow and where he's at and what's going on with him. But I was told that definitely he's getting the help. Someone messaged me late last night again to say that he is getting the help that he needs. Um, I got multiple messages about this from Saturday, so it's really horrible. So Mark says the church seems to be the only concern about tithes and offerings. Well... I don't know what to say. It's just horrible. This is the type of thing that literally brings me to tears when I see this, you know? If we can't take care of our children, if we can't take care of our elderly, if we can't take care of the poor animals, we got them running around too. What are we boasting about again? That the premier can go and buy diamonds and sapphire ring that says he was premier for two terms. I, I'm just like, that's, to me, that doesn't matter. Right? None of that matters. None of these material things matter if we can't even allow people to, to live and die with a little bit of dignity. No one should be living in this sort of condition in the Cayman Islands. Okay, let me give you guys an update. Yeah, we're talking about Caymankind. What a mess. Let me give you guys a bit of an update on um, what transpired on since Friday. So, of course, we like to do a weekend recap on this program. So after the show about the alleged 
exorcism. A number of individuals reached out, and I want you guys to digest some of this, right? So I had people reaching out about um, defending the principal and giving her side of the story, which means that she's obviously putting out a side of the story to be had. So her side of the story basically puts the blame on the children. Hmm. What do I mean by that? Well, she says that these children, 9, 10, 11-year-olds, were having conversations about sex. Okay. And so one of them allegedly went to her and she brought in the whole group, the whole classroom and started to make them want to repent and not talk about sex anymore. And so it's not her fault. It's the children. The children were asking for prayer. Apparently is what I've been told. The children requested it. And so it's okay. She did nothing wrong. I'm like, what? are you saying to me? Seriously. Children that are nine, 10, and maybe a few that are 11 are going to come to you as an adult. Now, I don't know how old this woman is, um, but she is a grandmother. So say she's in her fifties or sixties, even you think a nine year old could come and say something to me or tell me something that is going to make me perform an exorcism on them or carry on the way that she did. I don't understand the logic of this at all. And I don't think that this is a very good, um, I don't think that th this is a very good explanation or an excuse as to what happened. First of all, as an educator, you are supposed to know how to handle different situations. You've been an educator and a principal for a very long time. So in my opinion, you should be well-versed in how to handle just about anything these kids might be throwing at you with some degree of professionalism. And, you know, if you don't know Take a moment and speak to professionals. So speak to the counselors like, hey, you know, I'm concerned that some of our year six children are talking about sex. Whoa, is that normal? I'm sure they're probably very curious and children are maturing a lot quicker than they used to because the world that we live in, they're getting information, they're watching stuff on TV, they're seeing movies, it's all over the place. But your response has to be measured it has to be an intelligent response and it has to be most importantly, an appropriate response. So the response of I'm going to throw holy water on you and make you drink it and cast out demons and you've got demons and the devil in you probably isn't the right response to hearing that children are talking about sex. 
And none of this should have gone down without parental involvement, not even involvement, parental permission, discussion, and even then it should have happened. So when I hear people defending, I had a few people call me. One guy didn't get back to call him until after hours. And he's like, well, honey child, I'm already drinking Sandy. So this ain't the time to call me, but it ain't her fault. Them children just bad. I'm like, okay, so it's the children. Yeah, yeah, them children, all they want to do is talk about sex. She's not, she not doing nothing wrong, but I can't talk right now because I've already had five beers. I'm like, okay. Um, I had some of the children reach out to me as well. So Mark says that she's an ordained minister. Actually, what I didn't know is her her doctorate, which I'm thinking, oh, she has a doctorate in education, but I couldn't find anything online about that. Her doctorate is actually, she's a doctor of theology. Apparently her and the other, Dr. Rankin, they both have these really easy to get doctorates in theology. Because honey child, where, where's my Bible, by the way? Oh, you got to do part of the Bible and say a couple verses, and then all of a sudden you've got a doctorate in theology. And they obviously don't have a doctrine in common sense to know when they are crossing the line as religious ministers. So when I hear that, oh, it's the children's fault, I'm thinking to myself, you got to be crazy to even come to me with that sort of an argument. Because y'all know me already. I'm just like, let's try to deal in the realm of common sense at the very minimum. So it's the children to blame here. Yes, them children just bad. Hmm. Okay. You're an experienced educator, an experienced teacher, and somehow... You know, you don't understand how to deal with nine and 10 year olds. Hmm. All right. Um, I spoke to a few of the young children who were there. Now, of course, their parents allowed the discussion to happen. And um, that's all fine and, and well. I was just trying to ascertain what happened. And so even the children themselves were like confused. They're like, yeah. I spoke to one young man. He's like, well, they said somebody in our group, like, mentioned the S word. So he doesn't even want to say sex, bless his little heart. And then, like, she started asking us, are we, like, gay, lesbian, or bisexual? I was like, what? Does that have to do with anything? And then some, some people were like, they don't know. And I'm like, of course, kids at that age. Listen, Dr. Um, what's Frederick. 
them children probably don't know what the heck you're even talking about. Have you guys even provided them with any decent sex education in school? So apparently from what I've been able to gather from the few children that I've spoken to and from what the parents also have conveyed, her obsession seems to be with the LGBTQ community. And we know how this community is very obsessed about that. And I suppose at the end of the day, her thinking was, oh my gosh, these children must be gay or somewhere in between, who knows? Because they're even just talking about it. If they mention the word lesbian, they must be a lesbian. So we're going to cast out the demons. And that was the um, starting point of this whole fiasco that ensued last week. Not one day, but two days, apparently. So when the authorities, government, responded, because, you know, right after we brought this out, um, they then did a response to the two topics we discussed in the show, which means that they're listening. And I'm talking about the civil service arm. Thank you so much for paying attention and for listening. I'm so glad to see that that's actually happening. So they are uh, listening. And so they issued several press statements, but At the end of the day, it appears that um, this is now what, what we're understanding is really going on here. It appears that when they said, oh, they have been, what, what was the term that they used? Hold on one second, because we actually had to send the question back when they issued the press release, because we're like, hold on a second. We're a little bit confused. Can we get some clarification on this? So let me tell you what we went back and said. Uh, right. So they said that they have been re... What was the term that they used? So they said that they have been um, relocated from schools until the investigation is completed. So when people said relocated, a lot of people were like, what, what does that mean? relocated where, how, where they gone, what's going on? Because now relocation means normally you're put at a different location, literally. And um, parents are like, uh-uh, relocated where? We need to know. So we did inquire. And the response that we got was that um, they, the staff members have been relocated, have not been relocated to any other schools, thank God. But as per the protocols for these matters, they will work from off-site location while the investigation is ongoing. So I don't know if that means working from home, if they're now in the central government building. So if you see Dr. Frederick there, then you know that that's what that is. Um, I understood that as we were doing the show, someone was reporting to me and they said that her car was not there. So she did not go into work on Friday. And so, yes, they have been made to work from maybe they're in the education department and office there. I don't know, but hopefully that's all three people, including the nurse in question. Now there is more than one nurse. We still haven't been able to ascertain exactly which nurse this is, but one of the children said that this is the one who comes over from lighthouse school. And I was like, what? 
she works with special needs children. I would be, if I had a child lighthouse school, I would be like, hold on a second now. This is what she's involved in and she works with special needs children. You see, my problem with this situation is these are the same kind of people who at one point would have been like, if your child is special needs, that's the devil too. And they're trying to pray away your child's you know, issues. And it's like, no, my child needs proper intervention, possibly medication, medical help, you know? So it's that way of thinking that really, really concerns me. And I, like I said, I don't know who the nurse is. We've not been able to get a fix on a name, but one of the children I spoke to on Friday said that she works at the Lighthouse School and sometimes she comes over to Prospect Primary School. I mean, Red Bay, my apologies, Red Bay Primary. So that's interesting. We want to know who that is. Um, There's also questions about who is going to be interviewing the children now, because obviously they need to, um, to do proper investigation. That would include interviewing the children, right? You've got to listen to these children to see exactly what happened. So we reached out to the police and the police said, I thought it was kind of weird, but the police actually said that there would be no need for, let me, let me try and clarify this because I was really confused by the police, by their response. So what they said, essentially, I want to read the exact, hold on one second. I do want to read the exact message because I found their response didn't quite align with the next response that I'm going to read to you, which came from uh, the ministry or the Department of Education, right? So the RCIPS replied, because I said, you know, if parents need to reach out, whatever, because this is what parents are asking me, who would it be? Who would they reach out to? So they came back. Let me just try to find the response. In the first instance concerned, parents should contact the Department of Education to address their concerns. Matters may eventually be escalated to MASH, but not at this stage. But I thought that that was the whole point, is that it has been escalated to MASH. Because it said in the press release, the Ministry for Education and the Department of Education Services has referred the matter for investigation to MASH. So then that don't make no sense. So then for the police to then say, it hasn't been escalated to MASH unless he didn't know that it had been. So now I'm like a little bit confused. Hmm, okay. Now, the same question, um, the education department replied and said, okay, I said, what's the reporting protocol for this? You know, who should parents reach out to? And they said, parents who would like to report that their child was involved in this incident, which every one of you parents should, should contact the Department of Education Services, Mr. Wayne Roberts, because he is the designated safeguarding lead and his number is 926, so jot it down, folks, 3373. And his email address is wroberts at kman.edu.ky. 
or the MASH team. And they've given a number and an email address. So I'm going to share that information on the screen in case you're a parent that um, needs to make sure that you have this information. So folks, there's the contact information, reach out to them. If your parent, your child, my apologies, was involved in this fiasco that went down last week. So, um, Good morning, Debbie. Aliano says, what we have here is a fundamental lack of operational protocol from each aspect. Rule my eyes on so hard. Yeah. Uh, but yes, parents have, Gabby says, parents, please have these conversations with their children because the so-called educators have no, not one sense. Be open and honest so that they're not so curious and easily manipulated or naive, the way technology is going, they'll find out regardless. Yeah, I feel like um, who needs counseling? The children? Uh, the children need counseling and the adults need to be fired. That's my opinion. Re early retirement, let's just call it what it is. She's probably close to retirement age. Maybe this is employing her part to get paid out early so she don't have to work and she can go work in the ministry long term. Now, here's the other thing of interest about this situation. So when people are saying to me, and I was trying to go back to read some of the messages, oh, you know, um, this is what's happening. Oh, these kids are just bad. The kids are this and that and blah, blah, blah. I said, hmm. I said, uh, I'm trying to understand this. Because... If what you're saying is true, then why am I hearing reports that this is not the first time that this teacher has been involved in this sort of a situation? So somebody else said, this is what I said. Um, hi, um, Sandra, how are you? Um, I'm not sure what kind of parent I would be if I didn't say something in regards to the RBPS post that was up. Some of the details that are stated are not true. Okay, so let's see what some of the details are. These kids were not forced. They asked to be prayed for, and it did not commence over a two-day period. They came to Mrs. Fredericks the first day, and she asked what had happened. And at that time, it was just four girls. And they said they wanted to talk and be prayed for because they were having issues battling some demons. Children came and said this. Okay. She didn't have time to pray for them. Really? So she told them to come back the following day at 1.30. They then expressed there was others if they could come as well, 
So she said, sure, of course. Miss Rankin assisted with prayer and those kids told her after, and those kids told her about their sexuality because it was what they were battling. Parents don't want to accept what their child is doing and that is wrong. If they were so concerned, then they would have called and spoke to Miss Frederick. Miss Frederick didn't need to call them, really, because these kids asked her not to. They came to her with hopes that they would keep it only between them. But she explained to them, if your parents called and wanted to talk about it, about this incident, she would need to tell them everything that happened. This don't make no goddamn sense. So these kids at that point felt scared because they didn't really think it through. Really? But they, let me finish reading. I am just glad as a parent that I didn't jump to conclusions. Instead, I picked up the phone and asked questions. So if you're asking questions of Ms. Fredericks, this is apparently is what she's telling people. Mm -hmm. I was not upset at all, but thankful that I know more about my child and time for me to take action and build a different relationship with her. Really? So yes, parents are upset, but they need to take responsibility for their actions and their child's life and stop looking for someone else to blame and try and talk with their child and build a relationship with them. Uh, I got that parents are saying these things, but when I listened to my daughter, I could tell she was just afraid to admit what they were being prayed for because to me, I knew it was something I couldn't blame Miss Frederick for. So maybe these kids don't want to talk because they don't want to admit to their parents what's going on with them amongst their peers at school. Because my question was like, these children were legit crying and visibly upset. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I can't blame someone else for my child's actions. I need to figure out what's going on with her and help her through the situation. So I just feel that these parents looking someone to blame instead of addressing the real issue at hand. How can that make any sense? They are children for a reason, right? This is why when we talk about, yeah, 23 children, the entire classroom battling their sex, battling sexuality issues. Yeah, that statistically, it makes a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. But listen, they are children, okay? So if a child comes to you with an issue as a educator with umpteenth years of experience, her response, even if the rest of that story is true, which I do not believe that that's how it went down, that's ridiculous. One parent said, my child does not grow up in a household where we talk about demons, prayers, or anything else like that. So that's not something my child would be like, oh, yes, pray for me, because I even understand what that means. So you commandeer an entire group of 23 people because three girls came to you and said that they wanted prayer. But then you're calling them, you're telling them that they're full of demons, throwing holy water at them, forcing them to drink something. folks. Anywhere else in the world, that is considered child abuse. She'd be facing charges if this was America or other places. I'm telling you straight up. It's only in the Caribbean that we still, and maybe certain parts in Africa, that we still believe in this kind of foolishness. 
That's why they take people's young children and rape them when they're HIV positive because they're like, oh, yes, AIDS is a demon. And if I have sex with a young child who's still a virgin, it will cure me of my HIV status. That's the kind of stupidity people that we're dealing with here. And this isn't far-fetched from that when you really think about it. So we're wanting to believe that the children are to blame here. It is their fault. They're the ones who ask for prayer. Okay, stick a pin. Let's say for a minute that we just let that slide, that that's actually what happened, which like I said, I don't believe that that's what happened. Let's say it did. Do you think bringing out holy water, the young man who I spoke to said she actually sprinkled it on them and made them drink it, telling them that they're demon possessed, shaking them, refusing to allow them to leave. If these children were so into this and this is what they wanted, when they started crying and said, we want to leave, why were they not permitted to leave? This doesn't sound quite like children who wanted to participate in this. She summoned the children to her office. And the thinking is, oh, I don't need to tell the parents this. I don't need to get their permission because the child is asking if this can be done. In what parallel universe does that actually make sense? A child saying, oh, I want you to do something, but don't tell my mommy. And you think that, oh, okay, this is okay. What kind of nonsense are people going on with? In fact, that is the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Now, you know, people talk. Was I then surprised to hear that this is not Dr. Frederick's first time at the rodeo with these sorts of allegations? <gasps> oh, my God. What? Oh. If this was an isolated incident, perhaps her behavior could be excused. No. Apparently, during COVID, when the kids came back, this woman was blaming the coronavirus on demons and telling these children it's because they are full of sin why they're going to get COVID. This was just the other day, folks. Last year. Also, did you guys hear that... At one point, she locked down the school at Red Bay Primary mm -hmm. because there were demons loose in the hallway. Hmm. She has a theology in religion, or a doctorate in theology. And it now seems to me that She's either lost her marbles, she's either a religious fanatic or both, and working with people's children should not be something that is within the scope of her responsibilities. Let's put it that way. I'm just saying, there is something seriously wrong with this entire story. And then if you dig all the way back to when she was at East End Primary, there are stories there as well. 
So it seems like more and more she's getting into the whole religious thing. She's becoming a little bit unstable. And most people would consider this a very, very unstable behavior. Dacia says, we would be surprised sometimes what children have to deal with. I believe every public school has a counselor, um, or they should have one. And children ask many questions that they don't speak to their parents about. Some parents are happy to have their children prayed for. That's not what this was, girlfriend. Making your child drink something, sprinkling them with something, calling them demons, and all that sort of, that goes beyond that, no. And most parents apparently were not happy. That's why we got the story. Because parents are like, what went down here? This is not right. A simple, the Lord's prayer. But what this was, was nothing like that. Maybe if it was just like, you know, just take a moment and ask for thanks and whatever. But this is something that got out of control. So if you're a parent, folks, the information is scrolling on the screen. You need to ensure that you contact the local authorities so that they can know that you're not okay with this. If you are okay with this, well, then, you know. Uh, Marjorie says that she needs to be put in mental health department and forgot about there. I mean, I it did occur to me, and I said this last week, and I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but a lot of people, when they are struggling with mental health issues, one of the way in which it manifests themselves is their obsession with demons and the dark side of religion, demonology. And they, they, they become religious fanatics. Religious fanaticism and mental health issues go hand in hand. And I don't know why that is. Um, let me tell you. Religious fanaticism and mental health. Go look it up. There's a lot of scholarly articles. It's called hyper religious religiosity, <laughs> right? Hyper religiosity, say that twice, is a psychiatric disturbance in which a person experiences intense religious beliefs or episodes that interfere with normal functioning. It normally includes abnormal beliefs and a focus on religious content or even uh, aesthetic content, but interferes, atheistic con content, sorry, but interferes with work and social functioning. So maybe this is something that needs to be looked into. So there's a definite connection between uh, religion, spirituality, and psychotic disorders. And it blurs the line, that's for sure. There's a whole thing here from the Royal College of Psychiatrists that talks about it. About this connection between um, religion, delusional aspects of it, and... Um, and mental health. So I wouldn't doubt that she needs a little bit of help. The other thing um, that was going on on Friday that I want to update you guys on 
Remember there was the allegation of um, some sort of drug use at the school edibles. So there's been a lot of finger pointing in relation to that situation. And so quite interestingly enough, you know, Parents were calling me about that too. The police are investigating it. I said, good, they should investigate it. So the young man who took the edibles to, to school, I guess he made them, is now pointing the finger and blaming other people. And I've got all sorts of names and po finger pointing and no, it's really this one and it's that one. And listen, you send us a tip, we pass it on to the police because they're the ones who will carry out the proper investigation to determine who's at fault here. Now, someone posted online on, on uh, Instagram and he said, you know, we were picking on him and we weren't picking on him, but I think his comment was very, very interesting. And a lot of parents are not appreciative of the comment. Basically saying, well, that's what they get. If you can't handle it, um, why don't buy it or eat it? Simple. Well, it's not quite so simple, is it? Because first of all, some of those children may not know what they were buying or eating, is what I'm being told. Obviously, only the children would know that. Not only did they not necessarily know, but they might have been told that, oh, it just has marijuana in it, cannabis, or whatever the substance is, because I don't know exactly what the substance is. But... Um, We don't know what else it has in it. And this is why you need to be talking to your children about any potential drug use. Because this, folks, is very, very dangerous. Listen, you don't eat from anybody. Okay? Don't eat from people because you don't know what you're getting, especially in, in schools. You don't know what it's laced with. Like one parent said, we don't know what else is in those edibles. They need to be tested. But what we do know is that whatever it was, children were having a violent response to it. And again, that is alarming. They were fainting. They were vomiting and throwing up so much so that they had to send two, not one, but two ambulances to the location so they could be taken to the hospital. Now, if your children are baking goods and taking them to school, again, parents, you got to be on, on the lookout. I think you need to know what it is exactly that your children are baking and taking to school and why. Now, I know back in the day, I was talking about our little mangoes earlier. I didn't really go to, as many of you know, I left Cayman when I was relatively young. So I didn't have any middle school or high school experience. But even in elementary school, I remember everybody bringing their little pickled mangoes, you know. And sometimes people do it like by the bag and you could like buy it even, even, before, even at the age of eight or whatever. 
you know so yeah you bring a bag of mangoes i might buy that i might buy some guinness or you know but unfortunately in this day and age the children are just not what they used to be so now we have to be concerned about what is in the bag of mangoes lord you can't tell i mean you got to tell your children that unfortunately we live in a world that cannot be trusted people can't be trusted so they can't eat from anybody isn't that sad but that's the reality of the world that we live in now here's another perspective from someone else who's very familiar with the educational system and this is what they said in relation to dr rankin they said dr m rankin is the senko at rbps both her and vf dr frederick have their doctorate in theology i often think that jocc wanted education back so that's juliano connor conley this person uses a lot of initials that i had to think about because all the work is done by others so it's an easy ride and also if anyone knew uh, got in, they'd soon uncover what really is going on in education and half the stuff from the Ministry of Education and the Department of Education, half the staff, my apologies, would be fired along with a good amount of teachers and school staff who are just not doing their job and that do not have the best interests of the children of Cayman at heart. This is a very good one. Let's continue. In fact, I think I'm going to take this and put it on the website as an editorial because this has some very good points. The distribution of weed-based foods has been ongoing, um, going on for well over a decade in the schools. The children are groomed and paid to take it to school and get customers. This way, the drug dealers have future customers hooked and willing from early on. So I said, well, what does the M stand for in M. Rankin? Because again, I don't know who this Rankin lady is. And apparently her name is Meredith Rankin, whoever that is. She is the school's special education needs coordinator or SENCO. Um, this person says that the school is a very bizarre place to work. And Rankin is near retirement age, just FYI. And we do have some good ones in the department and ministry, but the rose-colored glasses need to come off and some real housekeeping needs to take place and soon. The older school nurse has been there forever. I don't know her name, but I do know her face. She's employed by HSA. She works there on Mondays, I think, and definitely on Wednesdays. I could not say that it would be her um, as she comes between 10 and 11 a.m., and generally leaves before 2 p.m. I would doubt she'd do any extra. Uh, she's a bare minimum person. <laughs> so far as time spent in school, in my opinion. And I don't think it's actually her. From what the child said to me, it seems like a nurse came over from next door. Um, FYI, the school counselor is also very, very religious and also singing religious prayers like songs loudly. However, she appears to care for the children. It is interesting that during inspections, they put on such a good show. Hmm. However, the real going-ons are often missed due to all the false aesthetics and smooching smooching that goes on. By the way, the person who is in charge of all the child protection cases in Ireland is an, an island is on like this white on rice 
Reporting to the CP officers in the school will do no good as they are the principal, Senko, and counselor. Hmm. The parents can contact any school Senko or counselor and report through them. That is, this is Alden's district, they go on to say. I feel that as a responsible government, the PAC will gather all of the information first and then act accordingly. However, given the head up to the fact that they're working on it, will give reassurances to the parents and all of the students. The fact that VF is rarely at the school needs to be addressed. I don't know how she could be stressed if she hardly puts the hours in. <laughs> also, yes, she um, had breast cancer and was treated. However, that was years ago, and she should not be using that as an excuse or reason for her actions she took. Oh, I didn't even know anything about that. The improvements of, of which the young man, this was the call on Friday, spoke about uh, touted by the minister. However, there's a sleight of hand at play here as the actual quantitative improvement figure in comparison to prior years is what needs to be shared. As from one year to the next, data shows passes to be up by just a few percentage points on the previous year. And the actual rate of passing any CXC is far less than 70% of the student body as a whole. Also, Red Bay primary school students do not do CXCs until they have gone through middle school and high school. So how can he say their grades are good? The data is not tracked in that way. And the data that is shared is for year 10, 11, and 12 results from either John Gray High School or Clifton Hunt High School. Finally, the inspection process is going on now in all of the schools, so we will soon get the results to dissect and analyze as we see fit. So um, some very, very interesting points about the situation at hand and just overall what's happening in the education and ministry of education, education department and ministry. Um, Sue says peer pressure. Um, Jack was Dr. Rankin, a former teacher art. Um, she was, I think she was brought in as a principal because she was actually a principal at East End before she came to Red Bay. But she did teach, I mean, maybe a long, long time ago. Okay. I think she's quite senior now, right? Uh, so Paula says children interacting with their school peers are exposed in many ways as children growing, um, their innocence and, and thought process are in different directions to ask a teacher for prayer is one thing to have them sprinkled on and drink of an unknown drink is not, is definitely not the way to treat such a situation. A teacher with the proper skills would have dealt with the matter in a most professional manner whilst including the parents. This is not acceptable and must be addressed amicably. Well, yes, her response to what, what she alleges the children did is what is very, very concerning. And now it seems like she's just trying to blame the children. Like it was their behavior, them coming and asking for prayer that, that is to blame for all of this. But the truth of the matter is she has a track record of doing things that's questionable. Anybody who locks down a school and talking about there's demons flying in the hallway, um, I'm not inclined to believe their version of the story now. Sue wants to know what has Juliana O'Connor uh, done about this now? Nothing as usual. Hasn't said a word. We won't hear anything from her probably. 
Her MO seems to be continuing. It didn't sadden me that the government had to had to bring her in. Um, and of course, you know, give in to her demands of keeping that ministry. Ingrid says, what has the Department of Education done about it? We're clear, we can clearly see that this woman is mentally disturbed and what she has done is considered child abuse. Sue agrees. So what you all need to do is contact Mr. Wayne Roberts. He's a designated safeguarding lead at 9263373 or the MASH unit directly at 8146002. Um, Alicia says she has something new. WhatsApp me um, so that we can talk about it. We do need to start wrapping up here a little bit. The other things that happened over the weekend is we obviously had the vaccination clinic. Kenneth Bryan had his victory celebration um, Saturday evening at the Lion Center. So I want to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the red light, green light. We didn't have a chance to go into that this morning. Um, red, red, amber, and green. Sorry. The, the lighting, traffic lighting system that the UK is using. We're going to break that down. Uh, there have been numerous concerns and reports getting to my ears about sexual assaults. One with a young child who's about five years old in the District of West Bay. There have been no official reports on this, but I know that this has happened. And I'm even waiting to get the name of the person who did it someone who has in the past been known to have drug issues and other issues. And everybody was like, why didn't you hear about this? This happened like last month. And I'm like, well, I don't hear about it if y'all don't tell me. So what's been going on in West Bay? Um, so we are asking some questions. Yes, they, they said, well, the... They said it's being investigated by MASH. That's correct. So I am waiting on um, the police to answer a few questions in relation to these sexual assault allegations. There's been, you know, one alleging that um, there was a sexual assault at, it was either John Gray or Clifton Hunter. I'll double check. And again, we've heard nothing about this. Not a word. We're inquiring. Finally, today, folks, um, since we were on the topic, I guess, of John Gray High School, someone sent this burger saying, Miss Sandy, this is what somebody sent them who goes to the school. This was lunch. And I thought, wow, who serves an undercooked burger? And I saw a lot of comments of people saying, ah, what's the big deal? You eat undercooked steak, don't you? Um, and then the issue with undercooked anything is you take a chance, but here is why you take an even greater chance with ground meat. Listen to this. The number one source of food poisoning is rare or undercooked meat, which is why it's one meal food poisoning experts always avoid. But some say can't resist the lure of a juicy roast steak or burger. So this is according to the Academy of Nutrition and Diet Dietitians Dietetics. 
Using a meat thermometer to ensure that your rear meat is a safe temperature for consumption can make eating rear meat safe. But their standards say it's okay to enjoy your steak rear. You can't do the same with a hamburger or any ground meat for that matter. Cooking a rear burger is definitely one of the cooking mistakes that can make your food toxic. The reason why ground meat isn't safe has to do with the very nature of its creation. According to food safety experts, grinding the meat extends the fabrication or cutting process at more at one more level. So folks, if you think you can eat rare burger because uh, you know you eat rare steak, that is faulty logic. They're not the same thing. So I thought it was very, very interesting that people immediately took to that and said, well, what's the problem? Don't you eat a rare steak? Hmm, still different. Don't do it. And I always find it peculiar when I order a burger that people say, how would you like your burger done? I look at them and I think, how else do you cook a burger but all the way through? Again, the ignorance of your servers because they just don't know. So we're all here about educating ourselves. There are things that I don't know. There are things that you don't know. And that's why it's wonderful to have this show, folks, because we can talk about it and we can break it down. And now you know, rare burger and ground meat of any kind, ground turkey or whatever, isn't the same as a rear steak. Remember that. Never eat a burger rear. That will definitely make you sick. And it looks like that kid probably took a couple bites out of it before they were like, mm. folks, that's all I got for you. Stay tuned. We're uh, working on a few things in terms of the vaccine clinic, some exclusive interviews, some details on that. By the way, this evening at, let me just double check the time here. We have a special feature with Ms. Berna um, Thompson Cummings that will be on. Let me just double check the time here. I think it's 6.30. Mm -hmm. So we have scheduled a video to premiere this evening um, with Miss Berna in the kitchen. So I'm gonna just double check, but I think it's 6.30. So watch that, you're gonna find it super, super interesting. Uh, she shares some of her recipes which I loved. Um, she did fritters at this cooking show. And what else did she do? Oh, I haven't scheduled it yet. Oh gosh, I was supposed to hit the next button. Okay, so it will be this evening at... six thirty. Shall we do it at 7 o'clock? Let's do it at 7 o'clock. Just in case you're stuck in traffic. So today's the 10th. Yes, this evening at 7 p.m., tune in to watch um, some of Miss Berna's recipes. She did fritters. She did a cake called um, Nigga Bible. That's the that's what it was called, folks. Uh, I must say, though, that I have never had Nigga Bible in my life. And um, so that was a first for me. And then she also did a coconut custard. Now, you guys know dessert is always my favorite part of the meal. The coconut custard was so easy to make and so absolutely delicious. So tune in 
at 7 p.m. to catch Miss Berna's um, recipes there. I think you'll like that. This was a little project with the National Trust. And uh, hats off to them for putting on events like this where we get to see, you know, what Caymanians of yesteryear might have been cooking in their kitchen. And it's part of uh, what we're going to be kicking off here for um, our ongoing content for CMR. And we love to eat and we love to cook and we love to, you know, have some of your recipes shared. So we will be going into your classrooms for sure. So James says, yep, E. coli. That's definitely one of the issues with undercooked meat. Um, Elizabeth says she makes an awesome corn cake. Mmm, delicious. Yeah, the fritters, I hadn't seen fritters made quite like that. So I did find the critter, fritters very, very interesting. But um, I am going to somehow try to get, convince my aunt to do my favorite recipe that she makes, which is biscuit cake. Because not enough people know how to make biscuit cakes. I want her to do a couple recipes and stuff as well. So let's see if we can convince her to do that for us and show us all how to make it. But yes, there's tons of, of fun recipes. Um, and, you know, we just need to pass these recipes on as well for Caymanian. So big shout out um, to some of our corporate sponsors. We do have a couple segments of conversations with that are going to be coming your way because of the generosity um, of some people in the community. And we really, really, really appreciate that as well. Um, okay, that's all she wrote, folks. Uh, Liasa says that sounds yummy. <laughs> Sue says so much sugar. You know, the custard, the coconut custard, I don't feel like it had a whole lot of sugar in it. As coconut milk, obviously. But I didn't think it had a lot of sugar in it, but it, it was very nice. And you just, she put it in just a little tiny, like, glasses. You can make it as big as small as you want. Um, and then you can pair it with some nice fresh fruit as well. And it's quite delicious. But yeah, you got to definitely watch the sugar intake. Good people. Thank you so much for tuning into the program today. Big shout out to everyone who has lost and found their keys over the weekend. Um, hopefully we've reunited a few more. There was a stolen car over the weekend as well. The person did recover the stolen vehicle, but unfortunately the passports, which is what they really wanted um, out of the stolen vehicle has gone missing. So if you have taken this person's passport, folks, why, first of all, and please return the passports, okay? That's just not cool. Uh, give it back. I don't know why people like to steal, like seriously. What is the point? Miss Morna, Miss Sue, um, have a wonderful day, Gabby. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the program. We'll have much more to definitely discuss on tomorrow's show. Do not forget, folks, I've got these chickens. Can somebody please DM me about how to remove chickens from my yard and from the neighborhood? Um, we want someone who's going to do it the right way. I don't want you to be killing them in my yard. Just extract them and take them off uh, to a chicken farm where they can lay some eggs or whatever. But we got a bit of a chicken problem around here now. And they're kind of getting on my nerves. Like every time I look out the window, it's like, there they are. Um, but yeah, send, send me a link up, somebody, please, for extraction, hum humanely extracting chickens from the neighborhood. Because that's what needs to be done around here. All right, folks. 
I wish you an absolutely beautiful day. It is Monday. We've got a full week of events coming your way. So please stay tuned. Any news tips, you can send it by email, tips at caymanmaroad.com. Uh, I will be the only person who sees your email tips. There's a few very interesting stories that we're working on, as well as you can contact me at 324-1612. That is um, my personal, well, it's the CMR WhatsApp number, but I'm the only person who has access to it. It used to be my personal number. No, I've got a couple numbers, but um, that's the one that you can always reach me on. So send me your traffic alerts, news tips, questions, queries, whatever, and uh, I will get it there. You guys have an absolutely beautiful day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 